to Walk in the Truth podcast. How do we know where to find answers to the toughest questions in life? While the simplest answer is the Bible, where do we start this search and how do we discover this truth? Today, in this teaching podcast, John Metter, lead pastor of Cross City Church, takes a specific text of the Bible and helps us find truth for the life we're searching for. So very glad that you're with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, please take them and turn to the Gospel of John today. The Gospel of John. I'm going to answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit today? As we dive into our new series called The Holy Spirit. And uh, I promise you it's going to be one of the greatest journeys that we can take as we walk through three chapters in the book of John and learn all that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit today, and, and, and in part because we hear and have heard what others say about the Holy Spirit, and sometimes don't step back and say, well, what, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit, about His work, about His presence, about what we are to expect, about how that all works together in the heart of believers. And so that's the conversation we're going to pick up today. Jesus talking to his disciples about his departure and about the sending of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together. We're going to read John chapter 14, beginning in verse 10, and we're going to read through verse 20 just to get a good good summary of what he says here as he introduces the helper, another helper like himself, as he calls it, And, and we're going to be talking about this over the next six weeks, so stay with us as we walk through three big chapters in the book of John. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 10. Now, John 14 is probably famous for the first six or seven verses, where Jesus says it's important that I go away. He's going to go away. He's going to prepare a mansion for the believers in heaven. And uh, remember that we have a compelling question that Thomas asked. And Thomas said, uh, how do we know the way? How do we know where you're going? And in verse 6, Jesus says something that is so important that it really becomes the cornerstone of the gospel of Jesus. It says this. He says to that question, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I love that passage. I love that verse. In fact, we love that verse so much we have it on the stone, engraved on the stone at the front way of our entrance here of the commons area. We want everyone to walk through the door to know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. So Jesus is laying down these foundational truths for the disciples, and they have questions. So he's going to answer some of those questions, and we'll start in verse 10 here. He said, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, verse 16 is the focus verse or two that we're going to look at this morning. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that is, that he may be with you forever, that is, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Man, I love this passage. We could be, we could, we could, we could take all the time in the world to mine this. There's so much here today. And we'll take a few moments and get the gist of it today for each of us. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to us about the Holy Spirit today, helping us know exactly what Jesus is saying to his disciples and therefore what he's saying to us. And I ask you today to give us clarity, and I pray that you'll give us a sense of closeness to what you're doing in us and through us. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Please be seated if you would. I want you to keep your Bibles open, keep your text open today as we walk through this because so much of this is going to be just word for word and phrase for phrase out of verse 16 and verse 17. Uh, and, and I want you to kind of get the scenario that's happening, that's unfolding as Jesus speaks these incredible words. Now, Jesus is preparing to go away. He's already said that. We've talked about that for a moment. And I want you to, to see the scene, if you would, of Jesus with his disciples there, speaking with James and John, with, with Peter and all the disciples. It's possible that there were a few others around them in that area, but it's a small group of people of men and women who have been following Jesus for the previous two and a half or three years. He's just weeks before Jesus is crucified. He knows where he's going. They're just now learning that it's in imperative that he goes away and he's explaining all this to them. Now, he's already told them, I go to prepare a place for you. And then he says in verse 12 something that's got them all talking, something that has them all asking questions. It's in verse 12. In verse 12, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Now, you're standing there that day with Jesus as a disciple, and you're remembering everything Jesus did and everything he said, and you're remembering, okay, Jesus raised the dead, raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus walked on water. Jesus made the blind to see, the deaf to hear. Jesus did amazing things, multiplied uh, the bread and the fish and fed thousands and thousands of people. We're going to do greater things than those because he goes to the Father. How does that work? And the natural question comes with an explanation. It's not going to be greater in magnitude. We're going to do something more than raise the dead, but greater in scope. For three years, Jesus' public ministry was defined by where he was at that moment in time. He confined himself, the infinite God, in the form of a man. And so where he was and where the crowds were, that's where miracles took place. He spoke eternal words, but he, he did works that were supernaturally in the moment. And with his departure, he's leaving the church with that mission to carry on the work that God gave Jesus through the church, and we would be greater in scope as we go throughout the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As part of the impossible mindset that the, the disciples had when the Great Commission was given to, this, to them, we're, we're to go into all the world with this great news, with this gospel. We're to go into all the world and do the works of Jesus. That's the greater that Jesus was talking about in verse 12. Greater in scope. You'll go everywhere. You'll do all the things that I've called you to do, but I'm going to give you some power with which to do that. And that brings us to the subject of the Holy Spirit. If you read verse 12 and 13 and 14, then verse 15 and let, and let verse 16 and 17 unfold with you as we move towards the introduction of the Holy Spirit. You'll see that Jesus is saying to the disciples 
do the same things you've been doing when I've been with you, except I'm going to give you a gift that allows you to do it further. For example, as we read verse 13, he says, go ahead and ask. Keep asking me for the things that you've been asking me for. We know that today is prayer. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, keep carrying on the conversation with me. Ask, and I'll provide that for you. Ask in my name, and I'll give it to you. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep obeying me. Keep doing the thing that I've told you to do. So keep asking, keep obeying. But for you to have the power to do all this, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you this gift. And this gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to ask you to look with me on John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. We're going to put it on the screen, and we're going to look at the whole of these two verses together. I want to just walk through this just a bit at a time before we explain each of them. Jesus said to the disciples, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Focus in on that for just a few moments. We'll explain more in a second. But I want you to notice that Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a helper but not just any helper. I'm going to give you another helper, and he's going to refer back to himself. So that he may be with you forever. In other words, this one will never leave you. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. In other words, I'm going to give you another helper, but he is spiritual in form. The world doesn't see him. But then he goes on and says, but you know him because he abides with you. That's present tense. And will be in you that future tense. A profound statement that when we break it down, makes complete sense to the disciples at that moment. It will make complete sense to us as we walk through this text. I'm going to clarify. I'm going to explain. I'm going to walk through it because this is such an important thing. As we bring clarity to what Jesus said, we're going to get to the end of all this. And I'm going to give you some practical applications of what the Holy Spirit actually does in your life. Right here, right now, whether you see it or not, he's actively working in you. So first of all, in these four four things that Jesus highlights in these two verses, he says that the Holy Spirit is another like me. I will ask the Father, the verse says, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Now, these are probably two of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I've already said that one of them is John 14, 6. I'm racking up all my favorite verses right now, aren't I? I'm already in the top 10 here. Someone said one time, I think your favorite verse is whatever verse you're preaching on that week, and I guess that'd probably be true. But these are the ones I'm preaching on this week, so these are my favorite ones this week. So look at what he says, another helper. Now, by that phrase, Jesus is indicating that the Holy Spirit is not a helper of a different kind, but another of the same kind. When you dig into the original languages, there's two different words for another. One is another of a different kind. But this one here used is another of the same kind. Jesus wants the disciples to know, I'm going to leave you with someone like myself. I'm going to leave you with someone that is of another helper, but of the same kind. Now, he's not referring to the same kind of appearance because we find in the next phrase that he is the spirit of truth. He doesn't have a physical body. But he has the same kind of heart, the same kind of mission, the same kind of words, the same kind of focus, the same kind of character. I'm going to give you another helper of the same kind. It is someone just like me. 
If I were to phrase Jesus' words in a casual, conversational way, I would say it like this. The Holy Spirit is going to be to you what I am to you. The Holy Spirit is going to be to you what I am to you. And for those of us hundreds of years later, looking back at this text, the Holy Spirit will be to you what Jesus is to you. He's another helper of the same kind. He is going to be the presence in your life that you desperately want and desperately need. I'm sure the greatest fear the disciples had was Jesus going away. I mean, everything great that happened around those disciples happened because of Jesus, right? All the miracles happened because of Jesus. All the truth speaking happened because of Jesus. I mean, these disciples were invigorated for living life because they were with the living one, right? They, they, they couldn't imagine Jesus going away. They couldn't imagine living life without Jesus. And so he's reassuring them of that. But in the same way, you and I can't imagine living life without Jesus and Thank God for the Holy Spirit. We don't have to live life without Jesus. So here we have Jesus saying the Holy Spirit is going to be another one just like me. What I am to you, he will be to you. Same mission, same agenda, same love relationship with us and with the Father. You know, in this day and time when people talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes they attribute to the Holy Spirit things that are nothing at all like what Jesus would have said or done. And that's why it's so important for us to break down these verses to see, okay, this is another like Jesus. It is the spirit of Jesus that we're going to receive. These disciples are getting the message of. So first of all, he's another like me. Secondly, he is the spirit of truth. That's in the next phrase. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. So now we have more definition. Another helper like Jesus, but instead of physical Jesus, this is spiritual being that is going to be with us. The world can't see him the way they see Jesus with their eyes, but he's the helper of the same kind, but he's not physical. He's spiritual. He is spirit. Now, the third thing that we find in this verse, in verse 17, he is with you now, Jesus says to the disciples, it's not someone you haven't met before. He is with you now. And here's how Jesus says it. He says, but you know him because he abides with you. That's present tense. And Jesus is basically connecting the dots for them the way someone would connect the dots for a, a, an immature or young person not being able to figure out exactly what he's saying. Jesus is saying, you, my disciples, know him already because he's currently with you. Now, if I'm James, John, Peter, and all those that are standing around Jesus, I'm looking around me, and I'm going, okay, who is it that's going to be another like Jesus? And uh, we basically, we've been playing a game of which one of us is not like the other, right? <laughs> I mean, you've got James and John who aspired to greatness. He wanted to sit on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. You've got Peter who's always blurting with his mouth, saying the wrong things, doing the wrong things. You've got you got Thomas, he's always doubting. We've got all kinds of personalities and characters in those disciples right then and there. And they're looking around and they're thinking, well, it can't be one of us. This another like himself, another helper like himself, who is spirit and form, it won't be any of us. It's got to be Jesus who is with us right now. He is with you now. Amen. It would be obvious to the disciples on that day he's referring to himself. And then finally, that fourth phrase says, he will be with you forever. Yes. You know him because he abides with you. That's present tense. And will be 
in you, that's future tense. Now, the significance of this would be maybe illustrated if I were to bring one of you on the stage and stand you right here in front of me and to say that Jesus was saying to his disciples, right now, I'm side by side with you, but in the future, I will be not side by side, but in you. For them to be able to somehow get that mental picture side by side is one thing. Walking with Jesus was amazing for those disciples. Walking with him was, was mind-blowing. Everybody wanted to be around Jesus, but those 12 were constantly around him and now fearful because he's saying, I'm going away. And Jesus says, well, you know this other helper. He's the spirit of truth because he has been with you, but now in the future he's going to be in you, inside of you. I love the word in in the Greek language is in and remaining in. He's going to be with you forever, it says, in another part of that passage. Amen. In other words, to the disciples, they knew that Jesus would be with us as the spirit of truth inside of us and he would never ever leave us that wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we ask him for, however we obey, he will be with us day in and day out. Everything we do will be done with his power and with his presence. That's an incredible, incredible promise. And you know what? Living the Christian life is impossible without that promise. You cannot live the Christian life without the presence of the Holy Spirit. You never have been able to. You never will be able to. When I was growing up, I loved basketball, and I played a lot of basketball, and I, I aspired to be a, uh, an NBA basketball player when I was a little kid and uh, ended up playing college basketball, but I always had these models in front of me, and, and I think my favorite basketball player when I was growing up was Dr. Julius Irving. He wasn't really a doctor, but we called him Dr. J was his nickname, Dr. J, Julius Irving. I don't know how many of you know who Julius Irving is, but would you raise your hand? I'm impressed with the basketball fans in the house. I figured in this crowd we'd have to talk about Michael Jordan or some other lesser basketball player. LeBron James. There was only one Dr. J. And I remember watching him play basketball and then going out immediately from watching on the television set out into my driveway and practicing the moves that, that he, he made. He had some amazing moves. And I remember I did that all the way through high school. I got, even did that into college. He was in his later, later years of playing. And so we would try these moves out on this basketball court while I was in college. And I had this friend of me that was kind of a, a friend of mine that was kind of a plain speaking guy. And, and one day he said, I know you've been practicing your Dr. J move, right? And I said, yeah, that's my Dr. J move. He said, I, I can tell you've been practicing that. And he said, I've just got to tell you the truth today. He said, the only way you could be like Dr. J is if he actually got in your body and played through you. <laughs> so thank you for that truth. I appreciate that. But in reality, that's what Jesus is saying in a very holy spiritual sense. The only way you're going to live this life is if I get inside of you and live through you. The only way you're going to handle the challenges, the temptations, the calling, the only way you're going to be able to obey me in your life is for you to allow me in my presence, the spirit of truth, the spirit of the living God, to be inside of your life, living through you, giving power, giving discernment, giving wisdom, giving everything you need. That's the only way you're going to do this. The reason that's so important for us is because most of the time we live the Christian life in our own power. And it would have been tragic if the disciples tried to do that. There would probably be no gospel today had they tried to do that in their own power. But with the introduction of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying, no, I've got plans for you, and I'm going to work supernaturally through your life in these ways. 
And in that fourth principle, basically he said, the one who has been with you all along will soon be in you. And that was incredibly reassuring for these disciples who understood the magnitude of the call of verse 12. Greater works than these you shall do because I go to the Father. Can you imagine how desperate they must have been once they heard that incredible call that Jesus put on their lives in verse 12? They were already aware of how tough life is going to be without Jesus. But now Jesus reassures them in every way and says, I will be with you. I will be with you. So I want to ask the question today in a very practical and applied way. What does it mean today that the Holy Spirit has been given to his followers? By the way, there's a sense of time that we have to keep in mind. Every time you you read the scriptures, for example, the gospels, you realize that everything that's being said there is said in the time and in the tense of those speaking and those who were hearing. In other words, all this was said in the presence of Jesus and his disciples at that time. And time has passed since then. So he said, in a future sense, I will be in you, which was present tense to those disciples and was going to unfold at Pentecost. Now that's past tense for us today. We're on this side of Pentecost. So now we know the disciples promised, the promise to the disciples that Jesus was with them and will be in them in the future happened at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down. And today, when a person comes to faith in Jesus and is born again, you're born of the Spirit of God, The Spirit comes inside of you to cleanse you and to fill you and to dwell within you. And now when we hear the promise of the Holy Spirit, it's present tense to us, not future tense if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you have Christ, you have the Spirit of Christ living inside of you. Physical Jesus did not come into your life. Physical Jesus died on the cross. The Spirit of God came into your life, and you have the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? You have the Holy Spirit inside of your life. So what does that mean? How does that, how does that apply to me right now with just the things that Jesus said? Let me give you two words that are in this text that help us understand how he presently ministers to us and in us. First of all, I want you to note the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our comforter. The word is translated helper in the New American Standard Version. The word paraclete or parakletos is a word that's translated often comforter or helper or encourager or exhorter. So I'm going to use the word comforter here because it has the sense of presence with you. You are always being comforted by him because he is present in you. Now, if you have your Bibles open, turn to John 14, verse 16. I'm going to read again. Verse 16 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. So the emphasis at the very beginning is someone who is with us forever. All right? So he's with us. Now, I want you to to look next at the next part where he says that word in verse 26 of chapter 14. He says, you have heard that I said to you, I go away. Oh, excuse me, back in verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. So there is an instructional part that the Holy Spirit plays in our life. Look in chapter 15 now and verse 26. Chapter 15, verse 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is unfolding this 
helper ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life. Now look at one more. Chapter 16, verse 7, where he says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So as he says all these things to the disciples, we're now looking at this on the other side of Pentecost and saying, okay, Jesus literally did that for those disciples and it performed an amazing ministry and that ministry is at work in us today as well. So the word comforter, emphasizing the fact that he is with us. Do you remember what phrase was used when the promise of the Old Testament of a Messiah to come? And we talk about it all the time at Christmas, of course. That his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. And we take great hope in that the Messiah is coming. He's going to be physically on the earth. So there was that promise fulfilled in Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. That's a pretty powerful promise. The Messiah was going to come down to earth and was going to walk beside us. And we were going to see him. And we were going to know that he was God's Messiah, Jesus. Well, this promise that Jesus makes is even more intimate. Not God with us, but God in us. Not only is he side by side with us the way Jesus was with the disciples, but now that spirit of truth is going to come inside of our lives and actually comfort us in all the things that we need. Practically speaking, that says he's going to help you when you need comfort the most. You know, when I need comfort the most, I usually feel like I'm all alone. And I don't have anybody helping me. But the Bible says that as a believer in Jesus, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, I am never, ever without someone inside of me. I have the comforter. I have the Holy Spirit inside of my life. And when days get hard and dark and difficult and challenging and overwhelming, I have to take a step back and remember, I'm not going through this alone. People may desert me. Friends may desert me. People may not understand what's going on, but there is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of each one of us who comforts us in every problem we go through in life. I am so encouraged by the comforting aspect of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. So let's look at another verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 for just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The word for Holy Spirit is actually used in another form here in verse 3 and 4 of 2 Corinthians 1. This time Paul is talking about this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I won't put it on your screen, but I'll have it in your Bible there if you, if you turn in your Bible. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we are ourselves comforted by God. Now, I use that word to show you that this word in a personal form is the Holy Spirit in our life. When you use it in a verbal form in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it's translated comfort. It's actually the presence of the Holy Spirit that's bringing us comfort. Our God has given us a comforter to help us through all of life. And yes, it is mentioned five times in those two verses. You will be comforted by the God of all comfort so that you can bring comfort to others because you've been comforted with the comfort of God. That's basically what it says. That's a lot of comfort in those verses for uncomfortable people. God has promised that when you're going through the worst times in your life, you have the comfort of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
I am so grateful for that. I think it was about 10 years ago that my wife and I went through some real low points in, in life in general. Our relationship was strong, but everything around us seemed to be really, really challenging. It was a really difficult time in our church life here in Euless. And it was a big battle in our church life in many ways. You may or may not know about that. And if you don't, that's awesome because God won that battle. But bottom line on it is, it was tough. We had some family challenges and we were dealing with that. And I remember being at probably the lowest point in my life. I mean, so low that I just couldn't see the future. I just couldn't see what was ahead. In fact, I was, I was at the place where I was saying, Kim, I, I think I ought to just stop what I'm doing. Maybe stop pastoring, stop preaching, and do something different. Because right now, it's just so low, so dark. I don't know what the future holds. And I'm, I'm very, very down about it. And of course, we prayed and we asked God to help us with that. At no point in that season of life did I ever think that I was all alone. I just didn't see many indicators that God was really working the way I thought he might be working. And in time, it was very evident. God gave me strength. He gave us the encouragement we needed. A phone call took place. A a door opened up that we didn't know about. All kinds of things happened. And in the end, uh, I didn't quit. I didn't stop. I didn't uh, cease doing what I was called to do. And God began to give incredible victories one after the other. But I can promise you today, without the indwelling presence of the Comforter, I wouldn't have made it through that time. I wouldn't have made it through that time. I say that to you to say when you're going through hard times, you can count on the presence of the Holy Spirit helping you in those times. He comforts us. He is our comforter. He's also going to help you when you need confidence the most. Not just comfort, but confidence. It wasn't long after this conversation that Jesus had with his disciples that Jesus literally did go to the cross. He did die. He did rise again the third day. He had post-resurrection appearances with his disciples. And in one of those, he gave the Great Commission. Now, you remember the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, uh, where he gives the disciples what we know as the Great Commission to go into all the world and make disciples of all the world. Now, think about how big of a deal that was. Just 12 disciples, one of whom had betrayed the Lord and later committed suicide. So 11 disciples and not really sure about what the future held. And Jesus says, I want you to go into all the world, make disciples of every nation. Baptizing them, he said, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what he said next? He said, teaching them to observe all things that I command you. And lo, do you know what's next? you know what he says next? And lo, I want you to say it with me. You act like you don't know it. You need to know this, all right? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, forever. Same promise he made in John 16. He's now making to the disciples who are on the brink. They're on the brink of stepping off into ministry without Jesus physically. And he's saying... You remember the comforter I told you about? Another helper like myself I told you about? He's going to be with you forever. I'm reminding you now of him. As you go on your mission, as you meet that challenge, and as you need that confidence, I'm going to tell you, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I say all that to say this to us today. No matter what challenge you have tomorrow, Jesus will be there in your life helping you meet that challenge with his wisdom to give you confidence you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You know, in a moment, we're all going to have to clap at the same time. You know that, don't you? 
I mean, if he comforts us in all of our afflictions, if he brings encouragement, then we need to all give him a round of applause. Give a moment just to give applause to the Lord in his presence. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, as you ought to be as well. But one more thing I would say, and that is the Holy Spirit is our encourager. He's our encourager. You remember the, the, fourth, the third or fourth part of that explanation a few moments ago, verse 16 and 17. That is the Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth. He's going to help you when you need wisdom the most. When you need wisdom the most. He's going to help you when you need comfort. He's going to help you when you need confidence. He's going to help you when you need wisdom the most. In fact, chapter 14, verse 26 elaborates on that. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Do you realize how powerful that was for the disciples? I mean, every time they had a question, Jesus had an answer. And now he was leaving. But he says this about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He said, He's going to bring to your remembrance everything I said to you. He'll teach you all things, every answer you need. He's going to give you. When you need wisdom, you have that wisdom from him. Amen. He's going to run with you through life. Now, the great thing about the word that we've been talking about, which is translated comforter or helper, uh, is that this word actually is two different Greek words put together. And the English translation of them would be to call out to from alongside. To call out to from alongside. So, I mean, I mean, that's a perfect illustration of what I need day to day when I don't know what to do, that Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus Christ inside of me will call out to me from alongside me as I go through life. When you need wisdom, you need someone to call out to you from alongside you as you go through life, to give you wisdom and insight, discernment, to know what not to do, to know what to do, to make decisions that are, are based on and built on his truth and not just your feelings. How desperately we need that kind of wisdom today. And in a day when everybody's looking for some kind of wisdom and they're all basing it on the wrong things, we have the spirit of truth living inside of us. He will not let you stray if you do not shut him out. He will not let you wander if you will not ignore him. He will run the whole race alongside you as long as you don't run in the opposite direction. <laughs> the other day I was watching uh, some YouTube videos of the blind track stars. The blind track stars. It appeared they were running 100-meter dashes, and there were some phenomenal athletes at the Paralympics, and they were blind sprinters. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but blind sprinters are able to run the path that they run on because they are tethered to other sprinters who have eyesight who run alongside them to help them stay in their lane so they can be focused to the end of the race. Now, when I first saw this phenomena, I didn't realize that they were tethered together. They're tethered together wrist to wrist. So if I'm running like this next to someone, that my left wrist is tethered to their right wrist, and we run that race together, all right? So the blind athletes, whenever the starter gun goes off, come out of the blocks, and they begin sprinting full speed, fully confident that they won't, won't run into anybody else or veer from their lane because they're running side by side with a runner that can 
keep up with them and actually surpass them, who sees what's ahead of them and runs stride for stride with them throughout the entire race. It's really powerful. Do you realize that that's what the Holy Spirit is to us? You have no idea what tomorrow holds. You have no idea what is around the next curve. You have no idea what kind of challenges you're going to face. But he does, and he is tethered to you as the Holy Spirit in your, in your life. And you have every confidence to run forward as long as you feel him at your side, stroke by stroke, stride by stride. One, one commentator said about this particular YouTube video, it looks as though they are running as one. And that perfectly describes what the believer indwelt by the Holy Spirit should be like. Like we are walking as one with the Lord as we live through our lives. That's the calling Jesus gives us. Yes. What a powerful picture of what he does for us. You don't have to live life by yourself. You don't have to live life on your own. When you come and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he's going to give you all that you need, all the comfort, all the confidence, all the wisdom that you can possibly need. Invite him to be active in your life. Invite him to do that. At the very end of the text, Jesus sums it up by saying this, and it makes more sense when you read it after walking through what we have. He said, after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. And that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That is a good description of the Christian life right now. Jesus in you, Christ in you, Paul said, the hope of glory, the confidence that we can live this life is Christ in us. In just a few moments, I'm going to give you some invitations, as I always do. First of all, I'm going to ask you to stop by the decision station on the way out today. Look, if you don't have the presence of Jesus in your life today, it's a very important decision that you would make to trust him as your Lord and Savior. And he gives you the presence of the Holy Spirit. He will not leave you alone. He will not leave you by yourself. When you invite Christ into your life to ask him to forgive you of your sins, the price he paid was his blood to pay for our sin. And for us to allow him to come into our lives, forgive us of sin and give us eternal life, is beginning that relationship. I want to encourage you today to put your trust in Christ. And we're here at the decision station to talk to you about that. That's number one. Number two, I would love to invite you to our guest reception center at the end of the service after I pray. I'll be there in just a few moments. Love to tell you some more about Cross City Church and meet you personally. Number three, I invite you to invite others to come with you next week as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit. So many questions will be answered. So much encouragement is coming from what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. You do not want to miss these next few weeks. Let's stand up together, and I want to close this in a word of prayer. Father, so grateful. We are so grateful today for your presence in this room. And Lord, not just a sense of your presence, but the reality that you indwell each of us as believers in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for that promise that you have fulfilled. I ask you today to allow us to walk by the power of the Spirit, being very aware that you're in us. Lord, I pray for those today that have never made the decision that is so critical that they place their trust and faith in you as Lord and Savior today. I urge you, Lord, convict them, draw them, Father, to the place of that decision. And then, Lord, I thank you so much for the indwelling presence that you give us. Show us how you work in our lives day in and day out in the days ahead. 
We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.